stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm actually going solo to talk about one of my favorite topics, and that is visionary CEOs. Should you buy the stocks of companies that have visionary CEOs, or is it too risky? And first, of course, we have to define what is a visionary CEO, uh, because it is a pretty rare thing, actually. I have a very short list of visionary CEOs, but they are out there. So I turned to the dictionary to try to define what a visionary is. And here's a couple of the things that came up. So a visionary can be a person thinking or planning the future with imagination or wisdom. It's also very basic, as you might um, expect out of seeing vision in there, as one who sees That's real basic there. It can also mean one whose ideas or projects are impractical. Or it can be a visionary is someone who's ahead of their time. Now, I included the impractical one because a lot of times with visionaries, they have ideas that aren't always met with appreciation or accepted by the greater world around them at the time that they're putting them forth. So you can see why it's kind of rare because um, not everybody can imagine the future or can um, do projects that are impractical (laughs) and not appreciated. Some great past visionaries, just so you can kind of tell what... um, road we're going down have been people like Walt Disney, who obviously created a whole new industry with animation, but also had the vision that transformed amusement parks into these big, um, you know, destination places that we take for granted now. But Walt Disney, many areas of vision there. And then there was, of course, Steve Jobs, who started out as the original vision with the desktop computer. People forget now, all these years later, that the Macintosh was groundbreaking. And um, then he brought us later on the iPod, the iPad, and then the iPhone. We take the smartphones for granted now too, but this was all visionary at the time, especially the iPod. Nobody talks about the iPod anymore because everybody listens to music on their phones and it's basically been incorporated into their phones now. But the iPod was um, revolutionary at the time to be able to you know, download music and have music at your fingertips like that was not well known. I mean, yes, there was the Sony Walkman, but you got you to stick the tape in there. So the iPod, whole new product. But who are today's visionaries? Because uh, just because a company has the visionary doesn't necessarily mean you should buy their stock. Um, Because this is an interesting area that has some risks associated with it. So I tried to keep a list of companies that are only traded in the U.S. because I had this discussion with my colleague here at Zach's, Kevin Cook, about who could be visionaries. And he had some names of um, people abroad that definitely I would include in the visionaries, like Richard Branson, for instance. But 
none of his companies trade in the U.S. anymore that I can think of. So I'm not going to include him on the list, but um, he would be on the list if I was doing just a broad worldwide businessman visionary list. And another good way to determine, I feel, if a um, if a CEO has the visionary status is if we're on a first or sometimes a last name basis with that CEO. So there's always the, the ones that just kind of go by their first names. We're going to get to a couple of them soon. There's a couple that, me for whatever reason, the first name doesn't really work. So we call them by the last name. That works too. But there's a familiarity with calling someone by their name, especially if it's a first name. And, um, you know, that goes along with the vision type of personality is that they become kind of larger than life and people refer to them, you know, by their, either their first or their last names in, in kind of a, um, I know that person way, even though none of us have ever met them. So there's that, uh, you can use that to try to narrow down your list of visionary CEOs and remember, it's not always smooth sailing for the visionaries. They're often mocked, especially now that we have social media and on the internet. Um, one of the visionaries I'm going to talk about has like spoken out recently on even on Twitter. He'll take to Twitter to counter some of the people who are doubting him. Uh, but that's also a sure sign that these individuals are taking risks because they're not following the herd that takes guts, but the visionary, of course, has this vision of something different and it's outside of their normal industry. So uh, that's not easy to do. In fact, many of the visionaries have had severe downturns in their careers where they weren't going anywhere. And in some cases, like with the case of Steve Jobs, they were actually fired from their company. <laughs> the company even didn't buy into the vision and finally said, no, you're out of here. Now, obviously, Apple brought back Steve Jobs back to the company, but for a while there, he was out in the wilderness doing other things. So that's a sign, too, that you may have a visionary on your hands if the going gets kind of rough. So that's why there's all these questions about whether or not you should own the stocks of these um, CEOs with these visions, because it's not always smooth sailing. And Things like the CEO getting fired or reprimanded or whatever may happen does happen. And so you got to have a little bit stronger stomach sometimes to own some of these stocks. But let's get right into the visionaries and who I think are the visionaries right now and why I do or don't like to buy some of these stocks. And I do, in general, like to buy the stocks of the visionary CEOs because I like the ones that are taking risks and yeah, there's risk for me in there too by buying them, but um, they are rare. There's there's only, you know, maybe a handful, maybe two handfuls, even globally right now, who are the big time visionaries leading these publicly traded companies at least. So um, let's jump right into it. So the first one is Jeff Bezos at Amazon. And we don't really call him Jeff. I think some people do. I attempted to call him Jeff for a little while, but he doesn't he doesn't seem like a Jeff, really. So it's mainly just Bezos when you're mentioning him. So that's that's what it goes by. But um, he's definitely on this list. And I think many of you know that I bought this stock several years ago after reading the excellent book, which I still recommend, even though it's a couple of years old now, called The Everything Store. Because that book talked about 
Amazon from its inception up through a couple years ago. And that includes the ups and the downs. And people like to think that there was no downs for Amazon, but there certainly was. In fact, in the book, it talks about how the board of directors had to rein in Bezos at one point. I think it was around the dot-com boom era, 1999-2000, when he was buying a lot of like dot-com domain names and things. And then things went bust and they had a little bit of cash flow issues going on at Amazon at that time. And um, they basically had to rein them in. But what might not be known is that in 1999, they bought a domain name called drugstore.com. So they bought a portion of it and then they bought all of it, I think, later. And then they sold it to Walgreens in 2011. So Walgreens now owns drugstore.com, but Amazon took a big loss out of that sale. So there was some weird stuff going on over the years, but the reason I still like Amazon and the stock in general is because um, Bezos has never been afraid of letting his workers try out new ideas because essentially the AWS, their cloud service, was a new idea. I think it was out of South Africa, if I remember right, on the Everything Store, and they were they were testing out this concept out there. He let them run with it. And then it was not until 2013 or so where the AWS revenue, where the cloud launched, so that's just five years ago, and that started counting towards revenue. Now, it's still a small percentage of the overall company, but that the AWS is why I bought Amazon stock because the growth is there, they're dominant in it, and um, it's very profitable. It's probably their most profitable unit. And so, yeah, Amazon is still innovating, um, and it's not just on the retail side, it's these other areas. So Amazon stock, PE of 130 times. That's actually probably the cheapest it's been in a couple of years, actually. Um, still with the huge earnings growth, 2018, 180%. 2019, supposed to be 59%. So it's picking up some momentum here. I still like it. Um, as I said, I still own it. But yes, Jeff Bezos, I think we all can agree on the vision there. The second one you might not be as uh, well versed on because he's kind of a hidden visionary. But if you've followed my Twitter or on Stock Twits, you know I talk about him. And that's Gary Friedman at Restoration Hardware, which is now just called RH, and the ticker is RH. Now, Gary was the youngest manager in Gap's store history at the time. Um, then he became like a district manager, a regional manager. He moved up quickly. Then he went to Williams and Sonoma. He worked on a lot of their furniture over there. Then he became co-CEO of RH in 2001. He was on and off and he became CEO again in 2013, where he's been ever since. Now, why do we care about restoration hardware and what's the vision here? Well, Gary's kind of Sam calling him by his first name. That, that's a sign right there. People do call him by his first name. Um, he has some good videos out there, too. You should check those out. And he was just recently interviewed by Jim Cramer on Mad Money. or on Yeah, on Mad Money. So check out some of the interviews. But um, the vision is to create a shopping experience. So instead of closing the brick and mortar, RH is opening more and it's going bigger. The story was that big was bad. Those big stores cost too much money. They weren't profitable. 
And instead, he's going bigger with this new gallery concept in a lot of major cities. And it's not actually even a store. It is, he calls it the gallery because that is what it is. You go in there and you look at everything. You literally can't buy anything and leave with it. Um, You can order with the sales associates there on their iPads. They are always wandering around these stores, although they're not really stores, galleries. And of course you can order. They also have interior design that they're really emphasizing now. This is all part of the experience. And they stumbled across a concept that isn't new, but it feels new the way RH is doing it. And that's by putting restaurants in a lot of these stores. And of course, as I said, that's not new. Um, Those of you in Chicago or in New York City at the Macy's there or at the old Marshall Fields know that one of the main concepts was to have a restaurant in these stores. And it was like an event. You went down to the Marshall Fields, you ate at the Walnut Room on State Street in Chicago, and you bought some new clothes or some new shoes. And this was a big outing on a weekend on your Saturday And now he's kind of bringing that back. They stumbled across it by putting a cafe in the Chicago Gallery, which is in the Gold Coast neighborhood of Chicago. It's um, called the Three Arts Cafe, and it's in a historic building. And all I can say is it's it's gorgeous. It's a cafe, so you're not really there for the food. Um, But it's a lovely space to just go and spend some time um, with a friend or family chatting And you're sitting under chandeliers surrounded by beauty. So it's among the top 10 most Instagram cafes in America now. And it's driving business. It's driving business in the store. So much so that they've created a whole hospitality unit now at RH. They're adding these restaurants into all of their galleries now, or most of them. And they are expanding and testing. It sounds like next year, possibility of a hotel arm in New York near the New York gallery that they're about to open. They're calling it a guest house. So it's not going to be some huge, huge hotel. Um, but all of these um, experiences are being linked together to increase the brand. Also, RH is doubling down on catalogs. This has been mocked endlessly on the internet over the last couple of years. There's People have taken pictures of all the RH catalogs they get in the mail, and they call them source books because they literally are 300 pages long. They're huge. They weigh a ton. Before, they were sending out like at one point because they send them out every quarter or so, although I think it's a little less now. It might be seasonal now. Um, but they were sending out you could get up to like eight of them. One time I, I think I got like eight and it was like the postal guy had to deliver it to my front door and he just kind of left it there and it was massive and weighed like 20 pounds or something. So they get um, skewered on the internet that this is a waste. No one cares about catalogs anymore, blah, blah, blah. But that is actually proven not to be true. A lot of their sales are driven through the catalog, of which other big catalog brands will also tell you that catalogs are also working for them too. So uh, Gary's vision of uh, design and um, what he could do with RH is really pushing that brand. Earnings expected to be up 114% this fiscal year. It's trading at 22 times. Just reported another really good earnings results and is Eyeing international expansion now, it knows it has some opportunities there, especially in Europe. I also own this one because, again, I like the visionary 
aspect of it and um, the vision of what you could do with retail. So let's turn to another vision. This one you guys are all familiar with and you know I'm going to mention him. So here he is, Elon, Elon Musk, Tesla, TSLA is the ticker. And of course, he was a part owner of PayPal before all of the Tesla stuff, but um, made a lot of money when that was sold to eBay and now CEO of Tesla. So we all know his big vision. He has it on the space side, the electric cars. The big question is, can he achieve it? (laughs) Any of it. Um, Can he make money with Tesla? It's still not making any money. Recently, a lot of people have been saying it's going to run out of money. That um, remains to be seen. Earnings growth this year of just 4%, but next year supposed to be 116% as they get some of these cars out of the factory. So we'll see. But either way, you got to like watching um, what he does always. Um, And he's one of the ones I said that was taking to Twitter to, um, you know, basically counter some of the negative isms that's out there. He's also recently been buying his own stock. He he purchased again some stock in Tesla. He bought big a couple of years ago as well. But he does that as a sign of confidence in the company. So should you own this stock, this one is a little bit riskier than some of the others because it's still not have any earnings here. So everybody's always bought on faith with this one. That is what it's going to take again, um, to do the Tesla buys here. Um, I don't own Tesla in my own personal portfolio, even though I do admire Musk and his vision. But um, as a value investor, I just couldn't take that there's absolutely no earnings there yet. So um, I'm sitting this one out. Um, Okay, the fourth one is Jensen Wong at NVIDIA. NVDA. So he co-founded NVIDIA on his 30th birthday. He's 55 now. So 25 years it's been going. It's kind of the last of the original Silicon Valley gang. That's what I call him, even though he's on the younger side. I used to work in Silicon Valley. Um, I did have the opportunity to represent NVIDIA in a legal case and um, was impressed by what was going on there. That was a long time ago, actually, when they were much smaller. And now they're expanding, as we know, into being one of the leaders in the AI revolution that's going on. They're the leader in the gaming chips. So Jensen brings big vision about what could happen in the um, chip area. And you got to like what's going on there and what he's doing. But I say he's one of the last of the original Silicon Valley gang because um, he was around in his early years with Steve Jobs and Larry Ellison at Oracle. They were kind of the three big original founder CEO type um, CEOs that were in Silicon Valley. Of course, um, Larry retired and Jobs is now no longer with us. So he's the remaining the remaining holdout from the old guard, I like to say. Um, and that's of the original tech guard, not the social media, which are, you know, fairly newer. So Jensen Wong, NVIDIA, what does it look like? PEs come down a bit. It's 30 times now. I don't know if you consider that cheap, but some people might because those shares are off the highs. Uh, fiscal 2019 earnings 61% still. So it's still got this great earnings growth. Story. It's still a growth stock. Um, I don't own this one, but I kicked myself for not buying a couple years ago when 
Dave Bartosiak here at Zach's was telling me all about the gaming chip that they had and how fantastic it was going to be. So I should have listened to Dave, um, but I'm, I'm not in this one right now. And then our fifth stock is uh, Alibaba with Jack Ma. So B-A-B-A is this one. You might not think of Jack Ma as a visionary in the same way. He's no longer CEO. He is just the executive chairman. So he's kind of the face of Alibaba now. So maybe this is like a cheater one because he, had, he probably doesn't have that much influence over what the business is actually doing anymore. But he is a co-founder. And um, some interesting things with his story, many people know that after college, he applied for 30 jobs, including things like police officer, and he applied for a job at the KFC in his city in China. And I guess there were 24 other people applying at the KFC and 23 got jobs and he did not, he says, according to Wikipedia. Um, and so, and he got rejected to be a police officer. He basically didn't get any of those 30 jobs. He also applied to Harvard Business School like 10 times, it said, and didn't get in any of those times either. So, Kind of the moral of his story is keep trying, you know, something will stick eventually. And it finally did with the Internet in the mid 1990s. Um, you know, he was in the ground floor of that revolution over in China and started making websites. Basically, when that uh, exploded, he created Alibaba in the late 1990s and it's had its ups and downs too. remember it went public early, then it went private again. Now it went public again in one of the largest IPOs ever. And then it's been off to the races since then. Okay. So it's trading at 28 times. Um, and it's still got that big earnings growth. And even though it's China based, it is trying to expand out of its main market now, especially in India and Southeast Asia. So this is one, everybody knows what its story is. If you still believe that the growth and um, expansion is out there, then this is one you should be considering. Um, and as I said, Jack Ma now not really involved with the decisions, so you're not buying the visions so much anymore, but he's still kind of the face of the company and he'll he's out there sometimes when they make big moves. So that is also one to keep watch. And I know some of you are thinking about like, what about Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg? Do we call him Mark? No, we really don't. We might call him Zuckerberg, kind of. So he kind of has the name thing going. Is that a vision? Is is that a vision business right now? Obviously, he created it. Um, great creation, but a lot of their other um, great divisions over there have been acquisitions. Not so much him just ordering them to you know create me an Instagram. No, they bought that, but still takes some vision to buy some of these companies, especially when he got mocked for buying Instagram. If you remember, they paid a billion dollars for it. And of course, they're having a last laugh now, um, as that has now over a billion uh, users on Instagram alone now. So I didn't include him here. I'm waiting to see. I'm not quite sure he fits into the visionary CEO. I usually don't include him. I do own Facebook in my own personal portfolio. Another one that kind of goes by the first name by some people is Jamie Diamond at JP Morgan. So we kind of call him Jamie. Sometimes he's Diamond, but um, he's kind of out there on a named basis, but I feel like he's known because he was the last survivor after the Great Recession. He was the uh, bigger name uh, banker who managed to keep his job, um, and he's been in the news for some of his Bitcoin comments and things like that. But is he a visionary? 
I'm not really seeing that yet either. So I'm not including JP Morgan in this. Um, but also keep in mind that uh, things can get a little dicey sometimes when the visionary dies or gets booted, gets fired. Uh, we've seen that. We saw it with Apple. Apple was about a month away from bankruptcy at one point. And um, then they brought Steve Jobs back. Walt Disney went through a lot of problems after Walt Disney died, and it took uh, numerous years until they found leadership there to turn that one around. So um, visionaries can be good and could be good for the growth, but sometimes it's really hard to replace someone who is that big of a character. So keep those things in mind while you're considering whether or not to invest. But I, I basically like visionary CEOs, but I like taking the risks and because the reward can be really great with a lot of them, um, they don't always get it right, but uh, I like watching them try. And as an owner of these companies, that uh, makes me interested in what I'm owning in the stock. And um, it's never boring. Let's just put it that way. So some of the stocks I mentioned, Amazon, A-M-Z-N, uh, R-H is R-H, Tesla, T-S-L-A, NVIDIA, N-V-D-A, Alibaba, B-A-B-A, Facebook, meh, we're watching it. Uh, maybe could be included at a later date, Facebook, FB, and um, what was the last one? Uh, oh, Jamie Dimon, um, JP Morgan, JPM is the ticker there. So be sure to subscribe so you get all of our shows here at Zach's Market Edge because um, we're always bringing you the interesting topics. And as the year goes on, we'll be sharing all of our earnings um, data and um, good info about various topics, including the cryptocurrencies, blockchain, all the good stuff. We cover it all here. So subscribe on iTunes. We're over there on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on SoundCloud and we're on Spotify. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an uh, episode. And I'll be back again next week with some more investing news.